0: In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one oh God, Amen. <clears throat> I know space is kind of crammed, so if possible, people can kind of move into the seats so that some of those who are standing can, can sit. Blessed Feast of uh, Palm Sunday, um, today we read the four gospel accounts of the triumphant entry of Jesus into Jerusalem. And if we reflect on what Palm Sunday means for us and we sort of look at every aspect of this triumphant entry then we will find that the theme is that the theme is everything new everything new and there is a there's a long list of that Jesus is the new that Jesus is the new exodus Jesus is the new Moses Jesus and today we'll reflect on he is the new Adam he's the new lamb and so um, that we are the new temple. So everything about the gospel readings is everything new. And so, again, I will just reflect on a couple of them and how, how they affect us in our own spiritual lives. The first is that Jesus is the new Adam. So he goes and he prays in the garden in Gethsemane. And again, Palm Sunday is, is simply an introduction to the week of, of of Holy Week, of the Bascha Week. And they all go together. So all of this is is about this this new life, this new man, um, and how it involves the whole week. He goes and prays in the garden in Gethsemane where the olive trees are, and it's believed in ancient Jewish tradition that the tree of life was was an olive tree. And uh, it does seem that they believe that the tree, of, the tree of knowledge of good and evil was a fig tree, which was my second assumption after the mango tree, but either way, it's fine. Anyway, so the first Adam, also who was in the garden, in the place where the olive trees are, specifically, where they would press the olives, Adam was in agony with, this, with his temptation and falling into sin. As was Jesus, but this time, as the new Adam, Jesus is being pressed. But unlike Adam, he was not crushed, as St. Paul, he says. So, when Jesus comes as the, as the triumphant uh, king, and as the new Adam, he is, he, is, um, he is expressing what he is calling us to be, and he, we are glorifying him in who he is. He is the new Adam. So Jesus as the new Adam is for us to be inspired to fight against our difficulties and our sins. Every day I wake up, I can ask myself, how can I be a new Adam? What is pressing over me that I need to fight against? Where will I channel my choices and my thoughts? Even when we strive to be a new Adam, we remember that our strength and our abilities, our hope is in Jesus Christ who is the new Lamb. He makes up for my shortcomings. In the week of Passover, God instructed the Israelites to choose a perfect lamb. The lamb would then live with the family for four days, and then would be sacrificed. And he instructs them to put the blood from the lamb on their doorposts, so that they may be saved from the last of the ten plagues that took the lives of the firstborn children. And the four days were for two reasons— the four days that the lamb would, would live in the home of, of the family. Number one is so that the family can fully inspect the lamb to ensure that it was a perfect lamb and it was without blemish. And we use that even in the liturgy, he, he, who is spotless and, and without blemish. And number two is to establish a relationship with the animal in order for the family to offer a genuine sacrifice. Right? Imagine if you have a puppy. And you keep it for four days. You may even opt to sacrifice your child versus the puppy. But, but in this case, the lamb is supposed to be something very difficult after it's lived with you for, for four days. And so it becomes a little bit painful for the family to do. But this is... <clears throat> but Jesus is coming in as this new lamb. And we know, about, we know in the prophecy, we hear in the prophecy from David in Psalm 118... Bind the festal procession with branches. Sound familiar, right? To bind the festal procession with branches up to the horns of the altar. You are my God and I will give thanks to you. You are my God and I will exalt you. So the people are receiving Jesus who will be their perfect, unblemished lamb. And they are leading him to the altar. And they led Jesus to offer so that Jesus, who is the Messiah, who is their king, to offer on their behalf a sacrifice on the altar. But it was really him that would be the sacrifice, even though they yet did not realize that. But he himself would be the sacrifice and he would be led to the altar, not to make a sacrifice, but for him to be the sacrifice and not on an altar, but on the cross. So today marks the reception of the perfect lamb who is Jesus Christ. And the next four days he will remain with us in the house, so to speak. In the same way he spent the four days in the temple preaching. Right, so over the first four days of, of Bescha, we are reading and, and listening to the teachings of Christ, because He will dwell with us and dwell with us, and, and it, is those, it is those days that we will reflect on the life of Christ. And we might approach Holy Week and feel that it's about feeling bad for Jesus and his suffering. And certainly there's an element to that. But that isn't what the goal is for Holy Week because that sadness isn't what will ground us in a, in a relationship with God. It doesn't ground us in any relationship by, by having pity or, or just focusing on the sadness of someone else's suffering. It is the week of receiving Him as our Lamb, reflecting on His teachings over the next four days, glorifying, glorifying the God who experiences a blameless death and witnessing the Messiah who is saving us from spiritual death and taking us into the new kingdom. So <clears throat> it's not us receiving, um, written, it's not just us receiving the perfect lamb, but he in return is saying, I choose you too. Okay, but I'm not perfect. Okay, but if I abide in you, then I will make you perfect. And so it is a mutual entry. It is a mutual triumphant entry in which we receive him, but also he is receiving us. Jesus, he says, go into the village opposite you, and as soon as you have entered it, you will find a colt tied on which no one has sat. Loose it and bring it. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, the Lord has need of it. And immediately, he will send it here. We are the colt. We are the donkey. And he is looking for one on which no one sat. Meaning, he's looking for one that isn't preoccupied with other owners. He says, come because I am in need of you. This This may be the only time maybe a few times, if not the only time in which Jesus actually says, I am in need of this, say that I am in need of this. When we find difficulty in worship towards God, whether it be through prayer or simply call upon him to help us in every decision we make, every thought that we have, every encounter we have with others, all of our work dealings and etc. And if we instead lend more towards our personal inclinations or even our own insecurities, then maybe we aren't finding the peace that Jesus was hoping that we would trust in. That we would trust that he's saying, come to me, I am in need of you. We read in the gospel, now as he drew near, he saw the city, Jerusalem, and wept over it. He wept over it, saying, if you had known, even you, especially in this your day, the things that make for your peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. It's to remind us that as much as we'd like certain conveniences or certain outcomes or certain protections, those will bring us moments of ease and comfort. But real peace is in the life of pursuing Christ. If I come out of the fast and go through Holy Week saying, I've experienced some deprivations and recognize that I survived just fine and that I gain peace and contentment simply in the relationship that I have with God, then surely I gave, I've gained uh, blessings in that. It is the peace in offering what I can to God. True deprivation of worldly things that God desires. It is that through that deprivation of the worldly things that God desires. We no longer need to, need to have anxiety of finding something that is perfect enough. Our offering is tied solely to Him and nothing and no one else. It's not tied to specifications. It is tied to my intention, my desire, and the genuineness of my heart. And that what is in my heart comes out of my mouth through praise and worship. In the liturgy we say a mercy of peace and what? A sacrifice of praise. That's my sacrifice. To praise and to worship God. And to praise and to worship God, I must have a heart that is lending toward him. To be willing, to be able to be deprived of certain things, certain outcomes, certain expectations. And focusing just on the, on, on the peace that I have in my relationship with God. And that's why Jesus, he overturned the tables of the money changers. And he said to them, it is written, my house shall be called a house of prayer. The house of prayer, that's us, we are the house. The house of prayer, but you have made it a den of thieves. So he did this not because they were selling, but because the, the, because the legitimacy and the genuineness of one's offering was being determined and dictated by other humans and not God. The sacrifice was tied to another human, not to God. And so therefore, uh, therefore God is saying, this is the old temple, and it is destroyed, and the new temple is your hearts. All because Jesus is the new lamb, and he is the new Adam. And glory be to God forever. Amen.